It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast, brought to you by Fetch Me Home Delivery. Visit FetchMeDelivery.com or download their free Fetch Me Delivery app. Use promo code FetchMe20, that's FetchMe20 at checkout for your first delivery free. The best delivery service in town, the quickest, the friendliest, and uh, best selection as well. So once again, FetchMe20 at checkout in the Fetch Me Delivery app as well as FetchMeDelivery.com. I'm Zach Blackerby, Michael Pappas. And Painter Sharpless here with you. In just a second, we'll be joined by John Luke McCord of Northeast Mississippi Daily, as well as he does some stuff for the College Football Hourglass. And uh, buckle up. It's about to be a lot of information. A lot of Mississippi State thrown your way. <laughs> you are going to get blasted with all the Mississippi State intel you could ever want. In all, serious, uh, in all seriousness, John Luke does a nice job and... If there are any questions you might have about what Mississippi State brings to town Saturday, I think he very, very much answers those questions. Always enjoy sitting down with him. Hey, Michael. Hey, Zach. Let's jump into it. I want to give a shout out to our friends at Fetch Me. They are run by an alum of Auburn and have the greatest variety of restaurants to order and get your meal delivered in Auburn and Opelika. If you are looking to have your family meal delivered in less than 40 minutes, you need to go to Fetch Me. Fetch Me has a great selection of anything you want, including meals from your favorite restaurants, groceries, and coffee. I have to say Fetch Me also has the friendliest and fastest service in town. Fetch Me does that because their mission to change the delivery experience by ensuring each order is delicious, accurate, timely, and most of all, you have a great experience. Fetch Me is the best in the business. Go check out Fetch Me at FetchMeDelivery.com and use promo code FetchMe20 to get your first delivery free. That's FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. I want to give a shout out to our friends at Fetch Me. They are run by an alum of Auburn and have the greatest variety of restaurants to order and get your meal delivered in Auburn and Opelika. If you are looking to have your family meal delivered in less than 40 minutes, you need to go to Fetch Me. Fetch Me has a great selection of anything you want, including meals from your favorite restaurants, groceries, and coffee. I have to say Fetch Me also has the friendliest and fastest service in town. Fetch Me does that because their mission to change the delivery experience by ensuring each order is delicious, accurate, timely, and most of all, you have a great experience. Fetch Me is the best in the business. Go check out Fetch Me at FetchMeDelivery.com and use promo code FetchMe20 to get your first delivery free. That's FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. We are now joined by John Luke McCord with Northeast Mississippi Daily. John Luke, how's it going, man? It's going great, guys. Good to hear from y'all and uh, glad to be back on the podcast. Yeah, you've kind of become my go-to Mississippi guy, so I hope that's okay. <laughs> that's just fine. That's just fine. I, I love college football and, and I, I really love uh, 
following the two teams in the state, so I, I'm just glad in that role. Yeah, so what's your take on this Mississippi State team? I mean, the 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 game that I watched most in depth was that intriguing matchup between Mississippi State and Kansas State, and I mean, to, to say, I mean, obviously Mississippi State won, but they looked a little rocky as far as getting to that point. Yeah, look, a couple of things I think are, are notable about this Mississippi State team, and it's actually perfect uh, a perfect measuring stick, I think, that you watch that Kansas State game because I think that gives you an idea of where Mississippi State is in comparison to that, that team last year. Obviously, that team last year, three first-round draft picks, uh, guys, Montez Sweat, who's helping out the Washington Redskins, a guy in Jonathan Abram who's helping out the, uh, the Raiders, and a guy in Jeffrey Simmons who I'm certain will be helping out the Titans if not for having to sit out this season. So, look, those are the guys that you all thought that defense a year ago. It's a unit that was pretty deep, so you thought it would be pretty good again this season. But, again, that unit has not been that anchor they sort of used last year to get some of those big wins and to have the season they did under Joe Moorhead in year one. Uh, this year, uh, the offense was supposed to take a step, and they grabbed transfer quarterback Tommy Stevens in the offseason, a guy very familiar with Joe Moorhead. He had recruited him to Penn State, probably a guy that lost that job because Joe Moorhead moved on, was no longer the offensive coordinator and play caller there. So they were excited about that pickup in the offseason. But again, uh, a key loss I would point to on that offense was Elton Jenkins at center. He's playing with the Packers now, and a guy that was such an anchor for them up front. He he, he allowed Nick Fitzgerald, uh, Kylan Hill, Aries Williams, that running game to get going. So fast forward a year, and no longer do you sort of have the passing issues or the disconnect in the passing game between Nick Fitzgerald, more of a running quarterback, and Joe Moorhead, you would think. But uh, an injury to Nick Stevens and his throwing shoulder has sort of changed things up at that position. And, and a guy that, um, again, Joe Moorhead was recruiting to Penn State, got him to sign on with Mississippi State, and, and lucky for the Bulldogs because Garrett Schrader, the freshman quarterback, has sort of been the story of that offense. McCollin Hill leading the SEC in rushing, already up over 500, closing in on 600 yards already this season. He actually hasn't been the story. He's one of the first Mississippi State, I believe actually the first Mississippi State running back to start the season with four straight 100-yard rushing games. So he's been dominant, but again, that quarterback sort of controversy, I wouldn't call it a controversy, excuse me, sort of the quarterback injury and playing both of those guys thus far has been the story. But again, you mentioned that Kansas State game, and we'll circle back around to it. That's a game that Mississippi State win and won 34 to 10 on the road last year. You mentioned seeing what they did last or two weeks ago against Kansas State. So that that's just how far this Mississippi State team has come in one season uh, under Joe Moorhead in year two. But one thing I would say is Mississippi State took a took a solid step forward last week. Uh, they're able to come out and get that 28-13 win over Kentucky, a uh, team that, that you thought was trying to take a step. They were so close against Florida, so a lot of people actually liked that Kentucky team coming into Starkville, including myself. But Mississippi State showed us something. Kylan Hill was dominant. He's a guy that Auburn is going to have to get their hands around this week uh, and, and contain. But, uh, again, Garrett Schrader, a lot of people walked away from that game and talked about his running ability at quarterback. He was 7 17 and 22 in the passing game as well, and he's over 62% completions uh, in his action thus far, which is actually matches you know just about number for number pass attempt for pass attempt with uh, with what we saw from Stevens in the first two weeks. John Luke, you, you mentioned all of those extremely talented defensive linemen that Mississippi State lost, obviously from last year going into this year. That was really the the mismatch in the matchup between Auburn yep. and Mississippi State in Starkville last year. I mean, Auburn's offensive line had no answer 
for Mississippi State's defensive front. How do you expect that matchup to go this Saturday? Because, I mean, it seems like if Auburn would have been able to handle that matchup even just a little bit better, they had a, a lot more real chance of, uh, of winning that game. Yeah, and I, th- I think that they have a chance to do just that this year. I think they're going to handle that uh, much better just because of the tasks that it is this year. We mentioned those defensive linemen moving on, but one other thing I would mention to you guys, Mississippi State has a couple of key players, and, and the reason I'm vague on that, a couple key players that are going to be suspended for eight games this season, around ten players. Uh, but the coaching staff has yet to reveal that, and that's sort of been figured out little by little as you know players have been suspended. And one thing I will say, this is this goes for that defensive line and the linebacker spot right there up the middle. Um, Willie Gay had not played in the first three games of the season for Mississippi State at linebacker. The first snap he played last weekend, he put a, he took a pick six to the house. Uh, in front of him, a defensive tackle, Lee Autry, also was playing in his first action of the season. Really helped Willie Gay in that defense uh, by being a, a sturdy presence up front. And, and look, they've got a couple of guys. They're not thin at defensive tackle, but they are not as good when Lee Autry is not there. He's the brother younger brother of NFL defensive lineman Danico Autry. So both of those guys made a big uh, imp- big impact on that defense last week and sort of that performance to keep them at 13 points, keep Kentucky at 13 points. And frankly, we just don't know uh, if Willie Gay and Lee Autry are going to – they can only play in four games this season. Willie Gay was uh, – he, he went out in the first half last week – or excuse me, the second half last week with a targeting penalty. So he's going to have to miss an additional game, only going to get to play in three total this year. So, look, do they run those guys out there? Do they make this Auburn game a game that uh, one of those, those guys play? And if, if you're Joe Moorhead, you got to put those guys on the, on the field in games that you know you can win. And so – or excuse me, games that are winnable and so do they view this Auburn game as a game they can go get uh and that'll determine I think whether Willie Gay and Lee Autry play but if they don't this is going to be a front that I think Auburn is going to be able to set up the run and pass against I mentioned Colin Hill for Mississippi State leading the SEC in running and either way you shake it uh yards per carry yards per game uh overall rushing these are two of the top three rushing teams alongside Georgia in the SEC, Mississippi State and Auburn. Auburn leads the SEC in rushing, and again, uh, Whitlow's had a great year there. I think Auburn is actually going to be able to be pretty balanced this week. You don't want to run against this defense too often. I think that that certainly could play into their hand a little bit, but if you mix things up through the air, through the ground, and as well, Bo Nix getting to run some as well, I think you've got enough to confuse this Mississippi State defense that is certainly not where it was a year ago. I think the Auburn offensive line has a much better day this weekend. I'm curious to know more about Kylan Hill and how he'll impact this game. Also, mm-hmm. how has it differed with two quarterbacks rotating in and out? And as you mentioned, Schrader, all things considered, has looked good to this point. Yeah, and Schrader, look, if we're, if we're just taking my opinion in here, I think Schrader's the guy from what we've seen uh, from Joe Moorhead that, look, he, the, the team certainly didn't meet the expectations that would have been on the program last year had Dan Mullen stayed around to coach that bunch. And they've honestly taken a little bit of a step back this year. If you're Joe Moorhead, I think you want to saddle up with the freshman here and, and sell your program as one that's on its way up with its future quarterback. Tommy Stevens, a guy that – Look, uh, even after he hurt that throwing shoulder, he was able to loft the ball down the field. But on the throws over the middle, on those out throws 10 to 15 yards down the field where you really got to get some zip, 
he absolutely wasn't able to do that. And so I just don't think he's a guy until he's fully healthy there that you can put out on the field. And, and like we mentioned, I mean, Garrett Schrader has played well. He's given this offense a spark. He's probably a better runner, even though Stevens can do that a little bit. So, And he's been efficient throwing the football. So I think with those things in mind, Schrader's got to be the guy. But with that said, Mississippi State, they continue to call this, including Schrader this week, meeting with the media, they continue to call this Tommy Stevens' job. So we'll see how his health plays out I don't think Mississippi State can be trusted on what they say and what they're telling the media and the fans at this point about Stevens because last week leading up to the Kentucky game they said he was doing much better than he had been the previous game week and then we don't see Stevens dress out at all on Saturday so I think that's just we're going to have to wait to see him on the field again before we know he's going to play the Mississippi State coaches are not going to be honest about that and so again they've even talked about playing with both of these quarterbacks on the field I know as crazy as that sounds that's something to come out of that Mississippi State camp. I expect them to play a little more conservative, continue to ride the hot hand of the freshman, Garrett Schrader, but obviously they don't want to sell that and give that away too easy to the Auburn coaches, things like that. But you mentioned Kylan Hill. He's actually he's the perfect running back sort of to be in the situation where Mississippi State is this year. He's a guy that doesn't need a great offensive line to set up in a 1,000-yard season. He doesn't need tremendous quarterback play. He's a guy that breaks a lot of tackles, can really run into the heart of the defense time and time again and use his brute strength and sort of his acceleration to break tackles and, and make explosive runs. So Kylan Hill's really been a life preserver for that offense this, this season. Probably a guy they should have ridden a little bit more last year, but uh, they're making up for it again. He's he's going to get to that 600 mark, I would expect, in the first quarter against Auburn this weekend. He's not far away from it. And I, I expect him to have a good day. Now, if Auburn can keep him out of the end zone a couple of times, then they probably have a really, really good shot to slow down this Mississippi State offense and get a win here. But Kylan Hill's going to get his numbers. He's just that kind of bad. Yeah, and you kind of touched on it at the end there, John Luke, but what are reasonable expectations for you know the Auburn fans listening to this conversation? I mean, I think they're kind of going into this game expecting Auburn's defense at night in Jern-Hare Stadium to really shut down this Mississippi State offense. I mean, from a a, mm-hmm. a, a point production perspective, I mean, how many points does Mississippi State need to win for, for them to pull off this upset? Well, I mean, you go going back to where that Texas A&M and Auburn game finished up last week in the 20s. Uh, I would say Mississippi State at least needs to look at trying to get to that 20 mark. Obviously, that didn't do it for A&M last week. I don't necessarily think it would do do it for Mississippi State again this week. I just I think there's no way they keep Auburn under that mark. I think Auburn's going to at least get back to that 28 point mark. I think they got a chance to creep past the 30 point mark. So that sort of tells you where Mississippi State has to be. I think they've got to get to the 20 point mark by the third quarter into the third quarter. And to, to have a chance in this game because I don't think they're going to slow Auburn down all that much. Again, mentioned it a moment ago, uh, Mississippi State, a team that with Bob Shoot, they can game plan to take away some of your strengths. But a team like Auburn that's got Bo Nix that can make plays with his feet, he can make plays through the air. There's three to four options you really have to cover out there in the secondary. So not only are, are you going to be stressing that front seven to focus on the leading rushing team in the SEC, but it's a secondary that's been banged up and bruised up a bit as well. Cam Dantzler, the top corner, has missed some action this season due to an injury. And he's a guy that he's out there. It's going to be a test to cover this Auburn receiving group. But if he's not, then it's going to be a near impossible task. So I think Auburn has a real chance to be balanced 
in attacking the state team. So I think that's why they have a chance to really, really get up there and score. And, and again, on the other side, I think Auburn's defense has a real chance to ensure that Mississippi State does not have a balanced day offensively. What part of this game does Mississippi State, if any, have an edge in? Because when I look at the different units, I don't see one. You might be tempted to say running back, but I would push back there just because I think Auburn Mm – has a back right behind Kylan Hill and a few others. Plus, I think Auburn's defensive front negates what could be a slight edge for Hill. Outside of that, where are you looking for the biggest difference for State that they might be able to take advantage of? It is. It's a difficult. It's difficult because you would almost say, "Hey, running back, maybe a chance there," but. Auburn runs pretty deep at that position. I think they've got a couple of guys that Mississippi State would love to have uh, behind Kylan Hill and a couple of guys that would be running right beside him, obviously, in in Jartavius Whitlow and and things like that. So Auburn much deeper there. In fact, that almost becomes a position of concern when you look beyond Kylan Hill at running back for Mississippi State. They came into the season uh, with, with just Lee Witherspoon, and Nick Gibson back there behind Kylan Hill, and both of those guys have been banged up. Not to mention Lee Witherspoon. You guys might be familiar with that name uh, from the state of Alabama. He's a freshman. Did not start playing football until last season. I know he had an electrifying senior year, uh, but did not start playing football until last year. So a guy that has already been banged up, already shown that his body may not be able to hold up to the full season, uh, at least as a freshman. And so Mississippi State very thin at running back. They've had to bring in a six-year player who was mostly a slot receiver under Dan Mullen and Malik Deer to play that spot. And so uh, I think Kylan Hill is going to have a lot of the load on him here and about carry 25-plus. Uh, he's going to need someone to spell him against this tough Auburn front, and I just don't know that that's there. So that's definitely not a spot. If there's one area, I think Mississippi State has a chance to get the short passing game going, and that's got to be something they're looking at game planning in this week because you want to keep that Auburn defensive line sort of – you want to keep them from changing the game as much as you can. And they get into the backfield. If they're able to stop Schrader on these short runs, and like I said, get in the backfield and sack him, it's going to be a long day for Mississippi State. They're going to have a lot of third downs and a lot of punting opportunities. And so I think they've got to activate the short, quick passing game. they got a few guys in the slot in Austin Williams, Dedrick Thomas, that are very quick options. And I think they got to get those guys in the game plan much more this week. John Luke, uh, appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, one last question. Do you have a score prediction for uh, how Saturday night's game will unfold? I'm uh, just tough. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go 34 20 Auburn in this one. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good, man. That's where I'm at. Um, Absolutely. For uh, for all the folks listening, if they want to get some uh, some Mississippi coverage, what is the uh, the best place for them to go? Absolutely, look, CFB Hourglass is a great place to go to check out all college football analytics. If you do picks each week, it's it's a great place to help you do that. And if you want to get some Mississippi State and Ole Miss uh, college football coverage this season. Djournal.com is a great place. We have the best Mississippi State and Ole Miss coverage in the market. So check us out, Djournal.com. And where are you on Twitter, John Luke? At JL Grinding. No G at the end, at JL Grinding. You can follow me. I'll have takes on Saturdays and throughout the week. Fantastic. Thank you for your time, man. Thank you all so much. See Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate.
save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Good stuff from John Luke McCord. Appreciate his time. Michael, one of the things he mentioned there at the end as far as what Mississippi State would have to do to pull the upset, he, he mentioned the, the short passing game for Mississippi State going up against Auburn. And that's something that I would really like to see Auburn be tested on. We haven't really seen that a whole lot so far this season because really a lot of Kellen Mond stuff seemed to be intermediate to deep passing game against Texas A&M. I, uh, I think that would be a good test for Auburn because for them to win this, they're going to have to defend that consistently against LSU and Georgia and Alabama. So I think that would be a, I think it'd be pretty valuable to put on film. Uh, I guess it depends for me, at least it depends on what you mean by short passes. Cause Oregon definitely did a bunch of, uh, I, I guess you could say that they're not technically short passes. Cause they're, most of it was like behind the line of scrimmage or one yard down the fields. So you could call those like incredibly short passes or extended handoffs or whatever you want. But We've seen – I was surprised that he said that because we've seen this Auburn secondary and uh, back seven, I guess, yeah, really tackle so well in open field that, I, I mean, you might complete short passes, but I don't think you're going to get the yards after catch numbers that you really would would love to see. Yeah, I mean, the closing speed for Auburn's back guys has been incredible. And, like, Javaris Davis kind of known as that speed guy, but his coverage – this year has been awesome and then really Jeremiah Denson's become the guy that with the ridiculous closing speed and I think some of it has to do with instinct and first step I don't think he's the fastest guy by any means on this defense but I mean this defensive backfield has a lot of instinct for sure so I I I think Mississippi State goes to test them I'm kind of with you but also when you look at every layer of this Auburn defense that's still probably the weakness I would think Auburn can't afford to turn the wall over. If they if they are clean with it, they almost certainly win this game. Like when you look back to that Tennessee game that I talked about a lot earlier this week, as we were talking about yesterday, or yeah. you know what was worse, Mississippi State away loss or a Tennessee loss last year. They were both bad, but one of the the big things there was in both of those games there were critical turnovers for Auburn, especially in that Tennessee game. I think Mississippi State right. was more on par with the talent Auburn had at least last year. Tennessee was not this year. Uh, I think Mississippi State, there's a, a significant difference in what talent they have, and they're on the road. When I look at that short passing game, I think you guys both just hit on it nicely. Auburn's been great there, and Auburn also has worked really hard not to give up big plays. I think the main thing you'll see Auburn struggle against is probably, and it's no coincidence, LSU, Georgia, and Alabama all have good quarterbacks who can really hit just about any throw on the field, Yeah, and that includes those intermediate and, and middle-of-the-field routes. I don't know if Schrader can do that. I don't. It doesn't really sound like they expect Stevens to be back. And even if he is, there seems to be some question about if it's still his job. Although John Luke said that the coaching staff is at least talking like it is. Mm-hmm. I don't think the short passing game is going to work for them. I just have a hard time seeing how State is going to score points in this game. I, I just don't see what the answer is for them moving the football unless Auburn beats itself. Yeah. And they just, you know, have blown coverages and leave guys wide open. I, I don't see, I don't see any other scenario where it could happen. And he mentioned that they needed to get to twenty points, or, and then I think he actually predicted at Auburn to have more than thirty. But mm-hmm. in his scenario, where Mississippi State pulled off the upset, they needed to get to twenty. I think State wants this to be a sloppy and lower scoring affair. Yeah. Like if they won twenty to seventeen, which doesn't seem likely to me, but if that's the way the game played out, and Auburn had three turnovers. And it was a real sloppy game, and State held onto the ball for a long time. I'm like, yeah, I guess maybe. 
I just don't see them scoring more than 13 relevant points. You know, they may get a garbage touchdown late because I think Auburn's going to really run them out of the building. I think Auburn's going to score over 30. I don't think Mississippi State gets anywhere close to 20. That's my prediction. When he said 20, when he said, well, honestly, when he said 34, I was a little surprised. And then when he said 20 for Mississippi State, I I was also uh, surprised. I I don't, uh, I, I was upset with myself last week. For, for not being as, I guess, as harsh with my numbers as I was in my score prediction, I don't really think Mississippi State's going to be able to put the ball in the end zone. Yeah. Um, I anticipate coming out of this game, we're going to be talking about how Mississippi State looks a lot more like they did against Kansas State than they did against Kentucky. Um, I, I don't think Kentucky is that good. I don't know if Kansas State is better than Kentucky necessarily. They're but probably in the same tier, though. Yeah. I mean, they're probably pretty close. When a team comes into your building and makes you look like a horrible team, like that says something, you know? Mm-hmm. And So I, I don't really – I anticipate if State scores points, it'll be field goals. I don't think they make it to double digits. Uh, I, I think Auburn will be able to get into the 20s at least, which I guess means I think Auburn's going to cover the spread. Some quick math there. Mm-hmm. So, State's given up 28, 15, 31, and 13 points. And against um, Kentucky, they gave up only 13. Probably their best effort when you think about I mean, I guess Kansas State, as you mentioned, was just a horrifically ugly game. It was a close game. Mm-hmm. I don't see a scenario where they get to 20 points, and I like Auburn to be in the high 20s if they had their best day as Bo Nix is going into his fifth game and some of his options are coming back. And we've seen Mal's on offenses in the best of years click around this time. Getting to 30 certainly seems plausible. Yeah. I think during that interview, I I misworded and said that Mississippi State was able to beat Kansas State. Obviously, that didn't happen. But I, I just, I'm just not sold on it. You know, I've said it all week. I just don't think this is a very good Mississippi State team. And, you know, one of you guys mentioned Mississippi State maybe being able to get field goals, but still, it's just like, are they getting past the 50? I just I just don't really have any respect for anything that they're doing outside of their run game, and I just think that Auburn's front seven is too good for that, and I don't think Mississippi State's got the guys up front this year like they did last year. So, I think it's a three-score game when it's all said and done. I just don't see it. I think Auburn has too much talent. We've covered that. Mm-hmm. And then I think by the second half, its depth, especially on the, the defensive line, will be a big problem. It's going to be. It's going to get darker in the stadium. You know, Fans are going to get excited. It's hard to win Jordan-Hare in general, but it's really hard to win there at night. Yeah, when the team is good, Jordan-Hare is different. I think that's an interesting thing to note, and that's not just you know relevant to Auburn. Of course, the atmosphere at home games is often better when the teams are having success, but you know LSU, Florida at times, Alabama certainly, those schools get mentioned as some of the hardest places to play, not only in the conference but in the country. But you will hear players who talk about Auburn. It tends to be the years that Auburn's having success being – in that group as well, mm-hmm. uh, especially I think teams like Georgia and Alabama that have to come here on years where Auburn's having success, like in thirteen and seventeen. And I don't know if at the end of the year we'll be having this conversation, but currently Auburn's unbeaten in a top ten team. It's a night game in the first SEC home opener, and Auburn doesn't have another home game for an entire month. I think it'll be a pretty great environment, one that really actually does benefit the Tigers. Is this a big game? Like, I know it's the SEC home opener, but... I think it really sets a nice tone if you come out and smash a team that last year got the best of you in an ugly way after you beat a ranked team 
on the road last year. Like it may not mean much in terms of our perception of Auburn, but it does mean something to me and that this team is nowhere near as good as you. You should embarrass them. I think any night game that's a conference game, I, I, I think, yeah, I, I do think it's a big game. And, and they have something against Mississippi State right now. I mean, these players that played last year, I mean, they are genuinely mad at themselves. It sounds like they are embarrassed for what happened to them last year. Malzahn said as much in his press conference. He said they embarrassed us. I, I really think they're going to come out. And, and I think in that instance, it is big. I, I do think it's a big game. Yeah. So... I guess follow-up question: Do you guys have like big game superstitions or anything? No, I don't think so. And at home, at home in Jordan Hare, Auburn generally tends to perform pretty well in those. Now, you know, I'm sure you can find plenty of games in which Auburn has flopped, but I think under Coach Malzahn at home, they've been pretty good in games that that matter. And this one does, is it gives Auburn an opportunity to play in a top ten road game next week. Uh, this one to me is more of a tone setter than anything else. My most superstitious thing is I've got some jerseys that I just will not wear because we always seem to lose when I wear them. Yeah. And not necessarily Auburn. I'm just saying like, I got a, I got a Gronk jersey. Uh-huh. I can't wear it. Yeah. I, I don't know how to necessarily answer that question. I'm just thinking that State is so much less talented than Auburn. Last year, Auburn had more talent, but I don't think it was as significant. This year to me, it there's really no reason in the fourth quarter for this game to be very close. 34-10. That's my official pick. 34-10. Okay. I'm sticking with it. Okay. How did you want us to answer that question? Yeah. Well, Do you I have am, one? I am curious yeah, to know I mean, what, your, I, what, I, your what is yours. So I act, have... Act like we asked you that question. Okay. So I, uh, I have one like nice watch, basically, and I wear it for, for big games. Um, like I wore it for the Oregon game, I wore it for the A&M game, and I'm like trying to decide whether or not I should wear it for the wear Mississippi it. State game. But I don't want to like, what if there's a limited amount of like good fortune, good right. fortune in it? Tweet at Michael uh, on Twitter at Couch Pat Tater or tweet at the show Locked On Auburn if you think Michael should wear his big game watch. Yeah, I mean, like obviously going to wear it for Florida next week. That, but I'm, I don't want to use up all the good mojo and waste it on a Mississippi State game if it's not worth it. That's a fair point. I actually uh, I think you should do it, pause for doing it on the road game, which sounds counterintuitive counterintuitive to next week since that'll be a top 10 matchup. I'm not as, uh, not as worried about the Tigers in that one. Wow. You're not worried for Tigers next week? No, I think they're going to handle Florida. See, I you're... love it. We can talk about that later. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm kind of in the same boat. I think they're going to handle them too. And I think it's going to be like the easiest top 10 matchup. I think that matchup is falling in Auburn's lap. I really do. From a resume building standpoint, because it's going to look like a great win. Yeah. Yeah. I think being on the road certainly adds an element. Yeah. It's going to make it more challenging, but I don't think that Florida's quite there in their depth and their talent. I think the main thing that they have is that it's a home game. Um, and the more film there is on Kyle Trask, I think the, uh, the better the defenses will begin to look against him. Painter, where can people find you and hear you? I'm at Paint Sharpless on Twitter, and of course, you can listen to The Lunch Break on ESPN 106.7 with Justin Ferguson and me, Monday through Friday. Check it out. Michael Pappas? Uh, follow me on Twitter, at CouchPapTato, and you can listen to me on After the Game on Saturdays, live from Skybar for two hours after every Auburn football game. I'm on Twitter at Z Blackerby. The show is on Twitter at Locked On Auburn. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast. <laughs> 
It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.